Today, I'm going to teach you a concept that is going to change the game for you when it comes to persuasion. For your stakeholders to say yes, they need a fearless, courageous leader to help paint that vision for them, to believe in the value, believe in the benefits so that they can believe too. Just because you feel doubt doesn't mean the doubt has to take over. You can feel doubt and choose to return to belief in yourself anyway. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jess, and I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. This is a podcast where I support you in finding your voice, building confidence, thriving in your career, and becoming a super powerful leader. The idea of strong, empowered female leaders gets me feeling really excited. That is my emotional fuel that fuels me to show up and do this podcast and do the work that I do. And if that resonates with you, if you identify as being a strong, empowered female leader, or that's a dream that you have that you're working on becoming that version of yourself, you're in the right place. I do this podcast and I do this work because I had that dream for myself in my corporate career and I really struggled at the beginning with imposter syndrome and low self-confidence and feeling very unworthy of professional success. And it looked like that dream was going to be a pipe dream for me. It felt like a pie in the sky for me at the beginning of my career. But through working on myself, growing my confidence, getting help, getting lots of support and coaching and other perspectives and guidance, I was able to find my voice and really thrive as a leader and just kind of figure out who I was and how to express that in the world and at work. And not only did I feel more confident at the end of that journey, and not only did I create a lot more success in my career, but I also just felt happier and more self-expressed and more authentic and like more of myself. And I think that's one of the deeper reasons why I do this work is because I want to support other women in connecting with themselves and feeling confidence that comes from being yourself. I don't want you to build confidence that comes from you having to hide yourself. I want confidence and authenticity to go hand in hand for you because in my experience and in the experience of what I see with my clients, it's just so freeing. It makes you feel so much more alive, so much more present and excited about your career and your life. And that is what I am here to support you in doing. Today, we are talking about a topic that I was really good at in my corporate days. The longer that I'm a career coach and the more time I spend 
teaching my clients how to communicate really effectively. I do that both through my one-on-one coaching with my private clients, and I also teach my clients the art of effective communication inside my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. And the more I do that, the more that I realize that there are a lot of communication skills that came very naturally to me in my corporate career and that came so naturally to me that I didn't even realize I was doing them. It was just kind of how I showed up and how I got things done. And as I discover these things, I do my best to distill them down and teach them to you on this podcast and teach them to my clients in the Art of Speaking Up Academy so that your communication skills can really up-level your professional reputation and the level that you're able to execute at in your career. What I have found is that the higher quality your communication is, the higher quality your work and execution is also perceived as being. I think of your communication skills like the wrapping paper or the packaging that goes around the work that you do. And I think we all know the impact of a beautifully wrapped gift, right? It looks so appealing. We're curious about what's inside. And this is why communication matters because It is the first thing people see. It's that first impression is how we're articulating what we're doing. Our audience gets exposed to our communication and our articulation of what we're doing before they actually get into the meat of the work. It really is that first impression, just like the packaging of the wrapping paper. And the stronger that first impression is, the quicker your audience gets bought in and is like nodding their heads and is like, yeah, she's good. This seems good. She knows what she's talking about. (laughs) So that's what I want to help you build. And in today's episode, we are talking about persuasion and influence. And I haven't talked about this communication skill as much on the podcast just because there's so much to talk about. I'm never going to run out of topics ever. That will never be an issue because there's so much to talk about. But it's incredibly important and it becomes especially important as you advance into leadership roles and bigger roles in your career because the more senior you are, the more of a high leadership title that you have in your career, the more that you get things done, not through you being the person doing all the work, like not through you running on the hamster wheel, but through you partnering with and directing and leading other people and other teams, which means you have to go from being really, really good at doing the work to being really, really good at guiding others to do the work. And part of what you need to be good at guiding others to do the work is you have to be persuasive. Because what you'll find is that sometimes you're going to have to ask people to do things that they might not be bought into or that they might not want to do. You might have to ask someone on your team to do something they're not bought into. You might have to get leadership at your company to support something that they're not bought into. You will have times for sure, like if you build a high power career, you will for sure have times where you have to get your boss bought into something that they initially maybe didn't want to do. And so much of what drives your professional success is persuasion and influence, right? It's such a huge part of it. I mean, think about it like a job interview. You're persuading. If you're sharing a project proposal at work, you're persuading. If you're advocating for a promotion, you're persuading. It's anytime you're asking for something, anytime that you have an ask and you need your stakeholder to say yes or to support you, 
when you have the skill of persuasion, it's going to help you be more successful at getting to a yes. Now, I want to be clear that persuasion doesn't equal manipulation. So this is not about tricking people or deceiving people, but it is about presenting the best possible case that you can for what it is you want to do in a way that's honest, in a way that's transparent, but in a way that's compelling to your audience. Because typically, the things that you ask for are things that will benefit your audience indirectly. And so often, it's about thinking through How do I ask for this in a way that isn't going to immediately turn them away and have them say no? How do I position the ask that I want, the buy-in that I want to get in a way that's going to genuinely make my audience want to support me? And this is something that you are going to have to do really, really well, like I said, as you step into bigger and bigger leadership roles. So today I'm going to teach you a concept that is going to change the game for you when it comes to persuasion. This is what I did in my career when I was working with people at the VP level, at the SVP level, at the executive C-suite level, at the making presentations for the board of directors level. I didn't present myself to the board of directors. I would present my work to like our chief strategy officer and then she would bring it to the board of directors. But I was persuading and making big asks for big things in my career routinely to very executive stakeholders, and I was very, very good at getting them to a yes. And it's partly, partly because I was using a tool called leading with value. Leading with value means that before you ask for anything, before you make your ask, before you make any sort of demand or ask on the other person, You always start the conversation with why it's beneficial to them. How does it help them? And typically, when we are asking for something, we are thinking more about ourselves and why we are making the ask. And so what happens is we ask for the thing from the perspective that we're thinking about it from, which is us and how it benefits us. And we don't stop to think about How is this going to benefit the other person? Here's a huge example that comes up time and time again with my clients where they are not leading with value. They're forgetting to ask themselves how it's going to benefit the other person. A lot of my clients feel uncomfortable asking for a promotion or for a raise. They think that they're being selfish and asking for something really, really selfish and that it's gonna benefit them and that feels exposing and vulnerable and scary. And what's interesting is if you think that way, you have missed the opportunity to lead with value and you've missed the opportunity to ask yourself, how does it benefit my company, my boss, my team to give me a promotion or give me a raise? Now you might be thinking, Does it benefit them? What? That's crazy to think it benefits them. It benefits me. But I really want you to think about it. They're not going to say yes to it unless it benefits them. Your boss or your company is not going to do something that harms them and benefits you. That would be illogical. So 
the only way they're actually going to do something is if it benefits them as well. So we know for sure, like if you believe that premise is true and you believe that companies generally don't do things that like are harmful to them, but beneficial to the other person, then it is also true then that they're only going to give you the promotion or give you the raise if it benefits them. So if you're thinking, eek, I don't know if it benefits them, that feels like a stretch. I feel like it's for me. Well, then you might as well not ask because if there's no benefit to them, there's no reason for them to say yes to it. So what I want to do is engage your thinking from their perspective in what ways might it benefit them. And I want you to put yourself in their shoes. I want you to imagine that you run a company and an employee comes to you and says, I would like a promotion and a raise. Now you have to think about, should I give that employee that promotion and that raise? In what ways might it benefit you to do that? Here are some ways it could potentially benefit you. It could benefit you because that might mean that you retain that employee for longer and they already know lots more about the organization versus someone new. So the longer that they stay with the organization, the better it is for you because then you don't have to bring on and onboard and train someone new. You get the advantage of that employee's institutional knowledge. It might also benefit you because when that employee gets that promotion and that raise, they start to feel more motivated. They start to feel like they're growing. They start to feel inspired and excited about their potential at the company. And so they bring more emotional fuel to their work. They're more deeply engaged. They start producing higher quality work. Another reason it might benefit you is if that employee has a lot of talents and capabilities that aren't getting used in their current role. If they get the promotion and the raise, you can take that talent that's already there, move it into a higher role versus having to bring in outside talent, and then you can replace that employee's old job with someone else in the company who is at a lower level but who also has a lot of unused talents and is ready to step into something bigger. So there are a lot of reasons why a raise and a promotion benefits your company. And that's just some of them. I could do an entire episode all on this, but I want to share this as an example because our brains, when we are asking for something, we default to that it's for us and it benefits us. And we don't really think automatically about the other side of the exchange. We just think about, and I think we do this a lot as women, about how selfish and greedy we are, right? And so what happens is because we're just thinking about how selfish and greedy we think we are, which by the way, you're not selfish, you're not greedy. These are like our negative thoughts about ourselves that I'm referring to. But because of that, what happens is you don't make the ask in a persuasive way because instead of doing what I'm teaching you in this episode, leading with value, showing the other person why the ask is gonna benefit them, you just straight up make the ask and so they're not thinking at all about the benefit to them. And this is often how people who aren't versed in persuasion and influence make asks. They just make the ask. They put it out there. And listen, if you're making asks, I'm celebrating you. I'm high-fiving you. You're out there. You're in the arena. You're doing the bold thing. You're being brave. Great. You already have something to celebrate. 
And I want to offer to you that the way that you make an ask has enormous impact on how it's received by the other person. And if you lead with value and lead with the benefits that that ask offers to that person, you will have a much higher likelihood of that person saying yes. So whenever you want to make an ask, whether you need approval for a project, whether you want a promotion, whatever it is, whatever the thing is that you are asking for, you want to start with what are the benefits that this will bring to the other party. Now, this requires you from a mindset perspective to step into confidence. Because as soon as you ask yourself that question, your brain might be scared. You might be scared. What if I don't succeed in this promotion? What if this project fails? What if this thing that I'm asking for support and buy-in on doesn't end up benefiting them? And here's why this is so hard. You can't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen when your stakeholders say yes to your ask. So it makes sense that it feels scary to share those benefits and to really like stand behind why the thing you're asking for is such a good idea. But that's what confident leaders do. They stand by their vision. They realize that the fear and the hesitation is coming from a part of them that doesn't lead them to their best performance, doesn't lead them to their best outcomes, that keeps them small, that keeps them from succeeding and having a big impact. And then in order for them to have the maximum impact, they have to have the courage to believe in the value, believe in the vision, believe in the benefits that it's going to create for other people before the future unfolds. Because we can't go to the future until we decide to go to the future. And we have to make that decision. And for your stakeholders to say yes, they need a fearless, courageous leader to help paint that vision for them, to believe in the value, believe in the benefits, so that they can believe too. So leading with value and sharing how your ask is going to benefit the other party is not just about tangibly figuring out What are those benefits? What are the benefits to this executive if they approve this project? What are the benefits to my boss if they give me another headcount? What are the benefits to my company if they give me a raise? It's not just figuring out the answer to that question. It's becoming the version of you who is strong enough to believe that you are going to bring those benefits to life and you are going to deliver that and make that happen. And that requires you to be confident. It requires you to take confident action and make a leap of faith. But it is what defines you as an effective leader. And so what you're doing when you're leading with value is you're figuring out how your ask benefits the other person and you're bringing that belief in your ability to bring those benefits to life for that other person, you're bringing them to the conversation. So you're not just asking your boss for a headcount. You're explaining what that headcount is going to do in terms of helping your boss with their objectives and you're believing that you have the leadership and management skills to make that happen. You're not just asking for a raise or a promotion. You're explaining what positive impact you will have for the company once you get that raise and promotion and you're believing in your ability to show up and make it happen. 
You're not just asking a room full of executives to approve a brand new project that has never been done before and that comes with risks. You are explaining to them how it could shape the future growth of the company and believing in your ability to bring that growth to life. So persuasion, it's not just about figuring out how is it going to benefit the other person, although just doing that is going to make you 10 times more persuasive, starting your ask with the benefits. But it's also about persuading yourself. You have to be bought in with your vision. You have to be on board with it because the stronger you believe in it, the stronger you're going to be able to present those benefits to the other person. It's just like the dynamic in a job interview. The stronger you believe in your ability to deliver in that role and to do a really good job for the company that you're interviewing for, the more persuasive and effective you will be in the interview. So here's what I want you to do next time you find yourself making an ask. What I want you to do is I want you to start the conversation and make it all about the other person. I want you to imagine that you're splitting the conversation into 50-50, and the first half of the conversation is just about them. And I want you to lay out how it is going to impact them and how the thing that you're about to ask for benefits them before you get into the actual ask. So here's an example of what this looks like. Let's say you're asking for more headcount on your team. Instead of going in and saying, hey, I wanna have a discussion about headcount. I was wondering if I could add more headcount on to my team. If you ask it that way, the first thing that's gonna go through your manager's mind is that's expensive, more headcount budget, no, no, no. Like it's just gonna get to a no really fast. But if you say, hey, I've been thinking about our team's goals and your goals for this team over the next couple of quarters. And I've been asking myself what we can do to meet or exceed those goals and to be able to deliver something that is better and more effective than what we've done the prior two quarters. And I realized that with an extra headcount, even though it would add to our costs, it would also enable us not just to meet our targets, but to exceed them. Because with that extra person, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. By framing it that way, your manager is gonna be much more open to the ask because it's not about the headcount. You've made it about something that's far more important, which is the goals and the growth. Same if you're running a meeting and you need people to approve something. Don't start by asking for the approval. Start by talking about the vision that is being built and the vision that your stakeholders care about. Then explain to them how the piece that you're asking for feeds that vision and then make the ask for approval. So when you lead with value, you're leading with the part of the conversation that is valuable to your audience. You're leading not with the thing that's valuable to you, you're leading with the thing that's valuable to them. When people talk to us about what's valuable to us, we listen, we get interested because we care about it. 
And one of your jobs as a communicator, as a leader, your job is to find the value in what you're asking for, because you don't want to be asking for things that harm the other people, right? Like if you're making an ask, it should have a benefit and it should have value to the other person. Otherwise, your ask would be, hey, company, I want you to pay me to not do any work. I just want you to pay me a salary and I don't do any work, right? That's an example of an ask where you can't lead with value because there is no value. But you're not making those kinds of asks. The asks that you're making have value. It's your job to slow down and figure out what it is and lead with value. Lead the discussion, lead the ask, lead the conversation with value. And you will see that the nature of the conversations change. They will feel more open. Your audience will feel more receptive. If you do this really well, your audience will get excited because when we see what an initiative, what a new headcount, what someone moving into a leadership position can do, what it can create, we get really excited about that vision. And most importantly, you have to believe in your ability to deliver it. You have to stand by what you're asking for. And I know that can feel scary, but I want to remind you that just because you feel doubt doesn't mean the doubt has to take over. You can feel doubt and choose to return to belief in yourself anyway. That's what good leaders do. That's what confident people do. It's not that they never feel doubt. It's not that they are fully like 100% feel amazing and solid and strong about everything all the time. It's that they don't let doubt suck them in and make them spiral away from their most powerful course of action. And that is something that you can practice and that you can learn to do too. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to get better at being really effective in your communication, I have created a free resource for you called the Three Minute Meeting Makeover. I've realized that so many of these types of communication tools and tactics that I use that made me so effective in my corporate career and have helped my clients be so effective in their careers, they're quick tweaks that you can make. Like even this idea of leading with value, it doesn't take you that much extra time to look at what you're asking for and be like, how can I flip the script and change around this conversation to lead with value and persuade my audience to a yes. So it's not always about spending lots and lots of time, but it's about making these small tweaks that make your communication much more effective. The three minute meeting makeover is a resource that takes three minutes to read through that you can read through before you're about to have a high stakes conversation or a meeting and you can make little tweaks to the way that you're going to share it so that you are super effective, super crisp, and super persuasive in the way you share what you're going to share. To grab this resource for free and make your communication and your meetings stronger, head over to jessguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources or click the link in the show notes. I created this resource with the intention that you use it over and over and over to get better and better and better at up-leveling the quality of your communication so that your audience experiences you as highly effective and competent. 
head to justguessitcoaching.com slash free resources to get your copy of the three minute meeting makeover or click the link in the show notes and I'll catch you in next week's episode. Bye.